Health Podcast with Ben Canning and Dave Kennedy. Two guys heading out to hack body, mind, business, and beyond. We are here to provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. I'm Ben Canning. I'm Dave Kennedy. And this is Hacking Your Health Podcast. So what's up, man? How are you? Good, man. It's been, uh, been a solid week. Uh, you know, things have been going good. I, I, you know, when you talk about training and, you know, me, me not ever missing a day, I had to um, go to a meeting in Akron, which is like 30 minutes away from here, but it was at 8 o'clock. And I normally go to Orange Theory between 8.15 and 9.15 is my, my time. So, you know, I usually wake up at like 7, you know, grab a shower, you know, everything's good. And um, and so I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to miss Orange Theory. Well, maybe I can do it in the afternoon. Uh, but that would mean that I'd have to, like, lift right afterwards. And I wouldn't have a six-hour period window, you know, to kind of recover from that. And, you know, I wouldn't get a good lift in. So I'm trying to figure this out. I'm like, well, maybe I can go on Thursday and look at my schedule on Thursday. It's, like, all jacked up. And I'm like, all right. That's it. I'm just going to wake up at 4.30 in the morning and go to the 5.30 class so I can go to 6.30. So, you know, what's interesting is um, about that is is I am not a morning person at all. I hate no, mornings, right? not at all. I'm not at all. Uh, <laughs> but I will tell you, you know, I knew that I, I needed to get my sleep. So I went to bed at 9 o'clock and then I woke up at 4.30 and I felt great. You know, I was tired. You know, it was 4.30 in the morning. But I didn't feel like, oh, you know, I'm like dragging my ass out of bed after drinking too many beers the next, you know, the, the morning before. Um, I actually felt really good, had a really great workout session, um, you know, did my whole day and then got my lift in in the afternoon, just, just like normal. So, uh, it worked out really well. So, you know, it's just managing time the best you possibly can to fit in the training that you need and just, you know, spending some time again on yourself. Um, this week was a good testament of that, uh, to be able to accomplish that. But how, how have you been, man? How are you? How, first of all, how are you doing? You good? And, uh, and, and how's the move? And, uh, you got, you got some new lighting back there and everything looking great. I, with do, the, the pink. I do have, I do have a lot of new. I actually have, I'll not put them all now because they're very bright. Um, no, I'm doing good. Everything's good. Uh, I have been a lot. I've, I've had to wear a lot of different hats the past couple of weeks. I've moved a lot. I actually wanted to mention this to you. It's taken me about two weeks to move total. And I've lost in that time five kilos. So what's that? Like oh my gosh. To 11, 11 pounds. Yeah. Five, so I've lost 11 pounds, pounds yeah. in the past two weeks. And I feel scared. Stop changing your, <laughs> literally changing your life. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I've literally lost like, well, five kilos in total. So I was 105 kilos before I started to move and I was a hundred kilos yesterday. Wow. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, and I think that the the way the reason that I wanted to bring it up was because I know that there's a lot of people who are that that can relate to me being skinny and find it difficult to put on weight, and this sort of shows that how difficult it actually is for me to sort of maintain that. So my schedule was all messed up in terms of my food, so I wasn't eating regularly. So you can see how quickly that just sort of falls yeah. off. It literally falls off. Um. So now I've got four weeks to try and get, to try and get as heavy as possible before we're pound for pound lifting beside each other. Um, See, but no, your your perspective is like completely different than mine. So like if I if I just didn't like work out or lift and and you know didn't do well, I'm not seeing any shape. Moving's a big deal. Um, but like I would gain eleven pounds. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very different. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, and I think that it's 
that's obviously, you know, everybody's individual struggles, but I stood in the ski and I could obviously feel it different. I was like, I didn't think it would be as much as it was. So I have, um, I guess four weeks to, to put it back on. But other than that, everything's good. I've just had a busy couple of weeks, um, but everything has been good. And I think just what you're saying about yesterday, whenever you replied to my message, I was like, he's still up. Like, why is he still up at this time? It's got to be like four o'clock in the morning over there. But obviously you had just gotten up. And I think that's a, a testament to prioritizing the shit that you need to get done, no matter what else you've got going on. And it's, it's that whole mindset thing, right? It's like, you know, listen, I, you know, 4.30, the alarm hits. I'm tired. I don't want to wake up, but I have to do it, right? Just like brushing my teeth, just like taking a shower, just like putting my underwear on. If you wear underwear, you know, those are the things that, that you know, you do on a daily basis. And, you know, working out is the exact same thing. So I didn't look at it any different than I had to get it done in the morning versus, you know, a little bit earlier versus a little bit later than I would I typically do. So I think that's a big, big, obviously big change. Another, you know, big change too. Well, two, two things. Um I went to my primary care physician, my PCP, and uh, got some blood work done and, you know, uh, did my, my, my physical and everything. And uh, he came back to me and said, dude, he's like, based on your blood work, where you're at, everything else, he's like, you're a 23 year old in, in, in your prime. He's like, you look amazing. You, you are, you're, everything is perfect. I mean, he's like, he's like, can I, he started asking me questions. He's like, you know, he's like, and what's interesting about this, and it's something that I didn't even think of is that, you know, the doctor said, you know, when, when we go to medical school, especially, you know, becoming a, a general doctor, not specialized in a certain area, you know, we have like one day on nutrition. We have nothing on body optimization. We're basically taught how to diagnose issues and to get them to specialists in order to go and do it. So when it comes to like what you should be doing for your body, a lot of the new science that's coming out, a lot of the new stuff on testosterone, the new, new stuff on body optimization, longevity, most PCPs and doctors aren't up to speed on uh, in any regard. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where when you're looking at what do you do for yourself, you know, you should definitely rely on your PCP to monitor your health, monitor how you're doing, making sure your blood works great, that you're doing the right things, and obviously, you know, consult with them in every way, shape, or form. But they may not know the best route for you and what to do. And he actually started, you know, it was supposed to be a, you know, like an hour-long you know, physical, and it turned into like an hour and a half because he was asking me what he should do, and you know, like, and and like, you know, got into TRT and got into all this other stuff, and like, got into like all the science behind it, and and he's like, all right, he's like, can I can I get your your cell phone so I can text you with some questions I had? I'm like, dude, you're my doctor, man. And like, you know, so I was like, man, I'm thinking about thinking about going back for my doctorate, you know, and and uh, and no, I'm just kidding, but uh, I don't um, know. You must. I, there's maybe a problem with my emails. You must not have referred him to me to coach him. Like I didn't get I did. the email. I from. did. I'm like, hey, I was like, I was like, hey, I got this awesome trainer, and he's like, he's like, all right, all right, all right. So, but uh, no, it's just kind of interesting to know, you know, like when it comes to you and your body, doing your own research, and that's the thing. Like, you know, uh, when when I talked to him about my my diet and what I was eating. He's like, that's like the polar opposite of what I hear from most people. He's like, oh, this guy, you got to do keto. You got to do this. You got to do that. You know, he's like, but from a, from a body perspective, it makes perfect sense because you want high energy. You want to build muscle and that's your objectives and goals and you're right in line. I'm like, and I, you know, I asked him because, you know, I'm, I'm at 230 now because I keep growing in, in, in muscle mass, which is great. Uh, only getting bigger. Um, but I was like, you know, is there any concerns with me? you know, going up to like 230, 240, 250, 500, you know, in muscle mass, you know, <laughs> uh, and he's like, he's like, you know, based on how lean that you're staying and the muscle mass you're putting on, he's like, it's, you're, you're literally in perfect condition, perfect shape. He's like, um, he's like, I would not change a thing. Keep doing what you're doing. And so that was, that was really cool to see. 
you heard it here first. I literally have made you 16 years younger. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So all in all, good. Then, I get, then I get hit. Then I get hit by a car and die. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's all weird. that work. Please don't. Please don't. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> and then obviously you got some feedback yesterday when you were you were at the meeting. Yeah, yeah, that's a funny story. So, um, you know, on the business side of the house, I'm part of this group uh, where it's, you know, it's a bunch of CEOs that get together that have similar sized businesses, but in different industry verticals like manufacturing, marketing, technology, um, you know, everything you can possibly imagine. And it's just a group of like 15 of us that get together once a month and we all get together and just chat about, you know, hey, what are our struggles in business? What are we looking at doing? Is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? You know, just a group amongst your peers that are non-judgmental, that have your best interests at heart, that try to, you know, help you formulate your business decisions in the best way, shape, or form. And I've, I found that really valuable for me because, you know, running, you know, two extremely large growing companies, um, this is uncharted territory for me. I've never, you know, ran a company that's like this before, right? And so, you know, it's like, hey, what am I doing here? And uh, so, you know, you, you got to ask. Somebody please tell me everything's going to be yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, there's no book on this. You know, I mean, there's plenty of business books, but like, you know, I'm like, hey, I haven't been through this before. So, you know, um, being able to, to share your experience with like, like-minded folks is always great. And we had this, uh, this guest speaker come in and, uh, you know, he's a, a comedian and he's a actor and a bunch of other stuff. And he coaches actors, but he also coaches uh, executives and business folks um, about how to communicate with authenticity, very similar to like what actors would do, um, you know, in a movie and things of that effect. Right. And and so it's kind of it was an interesting spin on, on it. And it was really cool to apply that to business concepts because they actually applied a lot of the same similar concepts of social engineering uh, around body behavior, around your emotions and being able to turn on emotions when you need to. Um, and, and just kind of going through dialogue, went through some exercises, which was really cool. So like one of the exercises they did is, um, you know, I, we, you had to sit there, you know, you got up into partners and you talk to somebody and they would uh, tell you who they are and what they're good at. And then, you know, we didn't know that. So we had to listen and then, you know, and then I would go, you know, another person would go and then we would have to then play that person uh, of them telling us the story. So we'd have to, you know, add their mannerisms, add their, you know, like dialogue, you know, you know, one, one of the guys, you know, was like, you know, oh shit, this is hard, you know? And, and so the one guy's like, oh shit, this is hard. You know, so you had to like emulate all the body reactions and, and emotions of, of those types of things of somebody else. And, um, you know, and, and he would kind of critique and kind of go through those. Anyways, uh, one of the things that he said, which, you know, he, he walks in and, uh, he, he, you know, he's, he's going around the room and he's like looking around and he looks at me, he's like, oh shit. He's like, Hey, there's, there's Thor over there with his Thor arms. You can tell that, uh, this guy works out his muscles cause he's wearing, you know, two sizes, too small of a t-shirt, uh, you know, and, and everybody starts laughing and everything. But then he started like picking on me and, and my muscles the entire time. He's like, you know, uh, you know, look at that that powerhouse over there. You know, and is you know, I'm like, you know, he's like, and, and he started talking about like eating. He's like, well, that guy doesn't have an ounce of body fat on. You know, like he just kept going on and on and on. It was it was funny, but at the same time, you know, I was like, hey, that's kind of cool. I like that. You know, like <laughs> like you noticed. I've never been this know, guy before. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah. this is why we train so other guys can compliment us and how awesome yeah. our muscles look, right? That's what you yeah, said to me. That's so. exactly. That's exactly. Every day for other guys' appreciation for the hard that's work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was cool and. uh you know, just to get that kind of recognition is 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 awesome. And um, and just just uh, last night, I was going to drop my kids off for for basketball, and uh, one of uh, one of Gavin's uh, basketball trainers got hit with COVID really hard. Like like he thought he was going to die, long COVID, just like you know, like really bad in the hospital. And I so I haven't seen him in months. 
and uh, I, you know, I saw him for the first time yesterday. He's doing really good, you know, fully recovered, thank God. And um, he comes to me, he's like, dude, he's like, you've like doubled in size since I've last saw you. That's ridiculous. That's awesome. I'm like, thanks, man. I appreciate that. You know, like, yeah, yeah I like that. You know, so that's why we do things. <laughs> that is exactly it. That is why we do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So wh what we're talking about, well, a couple of things today uh, to bring up is I wanted to hit, you know, very briefly on uh, a new study that was re recently released on steps. Okay. And I like this one because what's the first thing that you said to me when I first joined a board about my program? What was the first thing that I said? Yeah. Well, like for as far as like, what's my, what's my program looking? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like when you actually programmed my, my program for a week of what, what I had to do. So obviously there was weight training, there was, you know, cardio and steps, so cardio and steps. Right. And so why do you, why mm -hmm. do you, before we go into the study, why do you do steps? I do it because it is a low impact form of burning energy. Yep. So interesting enough you know everybody hears you have to do steps and the magic number is ten thousand. okay so and so what's interesting is is, is the number ten thousand is not actually a magic number it, it was actually pulled out of someone's ass a number of years ago <laughs> no science behind that whatsoever ten thousand versus twelve thousand versus whatever someone completely made up ten thousand steps um but what they did uh recently uh, identify and this was a a multi-year study and, and we'll uh send the the show notes uh for all of this but basically they analyzed hey was 10,000 steps a day good for you and is 10,000 the magic number or why you know why 10,000 versus 3,000 versus 2,000 versus 50,000 um etc i've done 50,000 steps in one day before it was a lot 52,000 was the record it's a lot of fucking steps wouldn't recommend doing that every day so we're at 50,000 52,002 uh one 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 day <laughs> i fasted to drink a protein shake though <laughs> I can do my protein stay pretty quick. Um, this this study came out uh, September fourth, two thousand twenty one, and um, it was it was out of uh, UPI, and they basically looked at what's the magic number for steps and and what what are the benefits of steps. Okay, so they looked at all those different areas because they wanted to see, hey, is steps something conducive to your health? And what they found was, and there actually is a magic number, by the way, and it's not ten thousand; it's actually seven thousand. Uh, 7,000 is the magic step number a day that you want to get. And what happened with people that did 7,000 steps or more is that they had a 50 to 70% reduction in lower risk of dying. And this is an 11-year study. Nice. So 50 to 70% reduction in risk of dying just by doing 7,000 steps a day. So you're telling me if I do if I do 7,000 steps a day, I'm up to 70% less likely to die? Correct. Sign me up. Right? That's yeah. that's incredible, right? Yeah. And, you know, and and they also looked at, you know, slower steps versus quicker steps versus intensity. None of those seem to have an impact on on that. Um so it you know, the step intensity did not have an impact on the reduction of death. Um, it was literally just getting the steps in, which is the most important thing. So step counting is very beneficial for you, um, has monumental impact on your on your ability and long longevity of life. Um, and at the end of the day, it's also a low impact way of burning calories. Right. So, you know, you can burn, you know, I mean, you, 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 you know, the math better than I do. So how many how many calories is 10,000? So the steps? reason the reason the 
the reason that I think that 10,000 is the number and the sort of the math behind it, I guess, is if you generally we will equate and this is totally generic, totally an approximate and not for everybody, but generically 2000 steps equates to around 100 calories. So 10,000 a day is 500 calories a day, 500 calories a day, seven days a week is 3500 calories, which technically should be the equivalent to burning a pound of body fat. It should take burning 3,500 calories to get rid of a pound of body fat. So that's where I have seen the 10,000 number come from. Yeah, and, and, and the the math equation for calories and burning 100% agree with, right? And I think, you know, it, it's it's not just the, the reduction of risk and death. It's the cardiovascular improvements, the reduction of cal- uh, uh, cholesterol, hypoglycemia, you know, uh, di- in diabetes, um, rate reduction from a calorie perspective, and obviously the more that you walk, the more calories you burn. Thus, if you're, you know, tracking your calories and you're you're in a caloric restriction, your caloric deficit, um, you have the ability to lose more weight just through simply walking, right? And that's why, you know, when when Ben will start with a lot of people, uh, oftentimes it will be, you know, hey, if you you know if you can't commit to any cardio at all, that's fine. Get your steps in per day. Let's let's get you at a calorie base where you're in a deficit. Make sure you're counting calories appropriately, and then from there you will start to just lose weight simply based off of that. And by the way, you simply could lose weight on a caloric restriction, you know, without even doing steps, without even doing, um, you know, weight training or resistance training. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, the cardiovascular benefits, the, the reduction of death, all of those de- the components that come along with um, having a healthy lifestyle are part of those pieces that are all part of that puzzle, right? Yeah, and I, I find I generally find that. Number one, whenever I explain the numbers behind the steps, as I just did, when people understand that, they're more committed to actually doing their steps instead of me just going, yeah, do 10,000 steps because 10,000, whatever, because that's when your Fitbit will do the fireworks or whatever happens. Whenever I actually explain the numbers behind it, people are more likely to do it. But then, you know, there's always that sort of friction at the start because there's a lot of change going on and people maybe can't commit the time doing 10,000 steps or whatever. But when they start consistently hitting it, it's like it's the missing piece of the puzzle to their fat loss or whatever it is that they're trying to achieve when they start consistently hitting their 10,000 steps. And I generally find that the people who hit it every single day and have the, the commitment to do it will have better success with it than the people who like, you know, obviously it's the same across the week. And if you get 70,000 across the week, that's fine. But the people who hit it consistently day by day, I find that they have more um, of a linear like fat loss. Yep. Yep. Completely agree. And so, I mean, incorporating all of this into your daily routines is something that, you know, obviously we preach quite a bit on this podcast, but get out there, get your steps in it. You know, it's difficult to do uh, in wintertime, at least here in Ohio. Um, but, you know, having, you know, the ability to have some sort of, you know, walking treadmill on your desk, which I have, um, or other things, you know, can definitely help out with with those different um, pieces of getting your steps in. I mean, just walking around your house, walking around your office, you know, getting a 20 minute walk in, I mean, those types of things make a huge impact and difference uh, to, um, you know, uh, getting that, that the, the goals that you want to accomplish there. So I thought yeah, it was just I interesting study. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, although yeah, it's great doing it in the gym and doing it in the treadmill and whatever, like the benefits of actually just getting outside. So take away the benefits of the calories, burning calories, or fat loss, or low impact, or whatever. The benefits of actually just being outside and being in fresh air and, you know, like obviously we spoke about Andrew Herberman. I think this is the first time I've actually brought him up Um, (laughs) (laughs) and he talks about the benefits of, you know, being outside in the morning and the daylight and, you know, sort of activating your 
like the the motion, the rapid eye motion. Um, so the benefits of actually being outside far beyond just what we're trying to do from a fat loss perspective. And I know, obviously, now that I work fully online, I'm in this fucking office all day long. So sometimes I go outside and I'm like, holy shit, like it's been snowing or something. <laughs> something's happening, like stuff that you just don't realize. So, you know, beyond what we're just trying to do from a, a calorie burning perspective or whatever, just the benefits of actually being outside, breathing fresh air, being in the daylight, whether it's actually bright, sunny or not, like just being in the daylight, um, they go far beyond just what you can do from a, a fat loss perspective. Yeah, and, and obviously we had Lisa on last week, and you know her her outdoorsy. Walking. I still can't believe that you. No, uh, not one person has messaged me or commented on the fact that you burned thirty five thousand calories in the right. day that you summit Everest. I'm like, that is a fucking crazy fact, and crazy. not one person has mentioned it to me. I'm like, what the fuck? That's crazy. I can't believe the amount of it. Uh, you know how how good of shape you have to be in to be doing something like that. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just I can't crazy. And then, that you're actually gonna go. Ice climbing? Well, I, I I wanted to go to Europe with my family for the longest time, you know, especially get them to like Italy, Rome, you know, those types of areas to kind of show them through. I mean, I think it'd be a great experience. And they're at the age now where I think they can handle uh, a, uh, you know, a, a good flight like there. So, you know, if I have to like spend like a, like a half a day, maybe uh, on, on a baby hill, I say baby hill, I'd be, I'd be up for that as long as it's not too cold. Um, but uh, we'll figure, we'll figure that out as it comes along, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. I mean, I don't have any issues with heights. I don't have any issues with, you know, anything like that. Just it's just, like the cold? Uh, I just don't like the cold. Like I hate the cold. Like I'm, I'm a baby when it comes to cold. Like, you know, to get to my gym, you know, I don't talk a lot about where, where my gym's at, but it's like in a different part of the house. Like, like, so you have to go outside to the garage, like not attached <laughs> garage and it's below there. So I actually have to go outside to get to, to my gym. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to go outside. It's so cold out there. And it's only like five seconds. I'm outside. Like if that, you know, but it's like, oh, it's so cold out there. So like, so like just to go five seconds from one part, you know, of my, my garage to get to the other part of the garage. I, I literally put on like everything. I have a coat on. I have like a over my hood, and I'm going out there. And I'm like, ha ah, ah, this sucks. This you sucks. This sucks. Build okay. a tunnel. This yeah, a that's tunnel. I, I want to get a tunnel there. I'm like, like we should have an underground bunker that goes directly <laughs> to there. And I got and, and Aaron's like, yeah, you're you're an idiot. So it's not gonna happen. But uh, but no, I, 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 I to bring up Lisa though, you know, from from last week, you know, that's kind of her her thing, the outdoorsy you know uh being able to be one with nature and she put it put it great you know there's no politics or craziness or anything that's going on in the world when you're up there with your when you with your nature it's it's a way for you to go back to yourself of what your roots are you know and to, to experience life as it should be without technology and things of that effect and um you know for me i i find myself at peace when I'm out there in the woods walking, there's a place by my house that I always go to, and uh, it's you know it's a three mile walk uh, around this lake, and uh, I you know I tell you I feel so good when I walk it. I just I don't have a care in the world, you know. I might throw on a podcast or something like that just to kind of tune me out, or I just will listen to nature, you know, without anything on at all, not even having to pay attention to anything, and I just I zone out and uh, I love it. And I come back refreshed. I feel great, and those are the types of things I think that can really be beneficial for you to incorporate into your routines. Yeah, I think even just, like you said, detaching from technology, like when do we ever do that? And Daniel put it, he was on the call last night that, you know, they were in a pretty remote place over the weekend and there was no cell reception. I was like, jeez, like part of me is like, oh no, fuck that. But part of me is like, that would be great just to do that for, you know, a couple of days just to get, you know, just to get away from, as I said last week, like that's, I haven't been in a while to see swimming, but 
whenever I'm in the sea, like obviously there's no fun, there's no connection to anything, and it's just that like I'm in the <laughs> I'm in the freezing cold sea, just trying to survive. <laughs> but uh, there is that detachment from technology, which we don't do because I mean, even right now, the amount of things that are plugged in around me, like it's it's insane. I don't oh, yeah. do the same. Oh yeah, absolutely. So so on to our next topic. So that was a good study on on walking. So again, incorporate walking. Uh, 7,000 steps bare minimum to, re- to have a reduction of 50 to 70% of uh, death uh, longevity-wise. Obviously, the more steps you get, better you're going to have from a calorie burn perspective, which if you're in a caloric deficit, the more you'll lose weight. Okay, So easy math there from a calorie perspective, calories in versus calories out. If you don't know what we're talking about around calorie deficit, calorie surplus, total daily energy expenditures, check out our podcast around uh, nutrition and um, the podcast that we did on um on counting calories and those types of things. It's really, really important uh, to understand those fundamentals because at the end of the day, in the way that our, the science of our bodies work from a thermogenics perspective, you know, calories in versus calories out. Now, there are nuances to all that and there's some complexities there, but at the end of the day, if you eat less calories than you bring it in, you will lose weight. If you eat more calories, you will gain weight. It's just simple math. Um, and so the more that you burn, you know, either through cardio or through walking or doing something uh, that, that, you know, creates a rise in temperature in your body from a thermodynamics perspective, the more calories you burn. But if you eat more calories because you're more hungry because you worked out, it doesn't do you any good. Uh, so you have to count your calories, understand what you're putting into your body, reduce those if you want to lose weight. The more you reduce, the more you lose weight. But I, I want to bring up one thing really quick before we get into a topic of rep ranges because I had somebody message me um, on, on on Facebook and they said, Dave, dude, your journey looks incredible. Um you know, very similar boat, you know, I'm, you know, whatever, you know, I'm, you know, 300 some pounds and, uh, you know, I used to be in good shape and I can't figure things out. And, you know, and he's like, so, you know, I'm on this diet now where I'm drinking, th- uh, three shakes a day and vegetables and it's 800 calories a day. And I said, Oh my effing God, like, what are you doing? Please don't do this. Please don't Please do this stop right now. Please stop right now. I'm like, you cannot live off of this. Like you're going to hate life. Your body's going to go into starvation mode. You're going to have no energy to do anything. You're going to feel like crap and you're going to fail at this. I'm like, please, please, please. What's your weight? What's your height? Let me figure some things out for you. Here's what you should be eating on a regular basis. And again, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not claiming to be a nutritionist. You should definitely see a nutritionist. But at the end of the day, you know, like calories in versus calories out. This is something that you need to work on that's sustainable for the rest of your life. This diet, this 800 calorie shake crap is bullshit. You know, do not do that. He's like, well, I want to lose weight faster. I'm like, that's fine, but do it in a methodical way that you can adjust. Like what happens if you do this for three months and you're miserable for three months, you're horrible, like no energy, feel horrible. You're angry. You're agitated because you're not getting any food in. Your body's in starvation mode. Everybody around you hates you. You get the three months, you know, in, you're like, I did it. And you're like, cool. I lost, you know, 30 pounds in three months. Uh, okay, back to normal eating again. I'm good. Right. And what's going to happen? You're going to shoot right back up and wait again because you have no system to control any of that. So, you know, when you're doing this, don't do these stupid fad diets. Put yourself into a system that can work long term that will allow you to be flexible in it. You know, hey, if I'm not getting, if I'm not getting the desired results, cool. Shave, you know, 100 calories off. Still not getting the desired results. Cool. Shave another 100 calories off. Rinse and repeat. It's literally as easy as it gets. You have a framework to be able to handle this long term, right? Yeah, I think it, you know. Even that relates back to what you said that your your doctor was saying. Like, you know, you're literally telling him the he, the opposite of what everybody else is telling him. And obviously, I mean, the visuals of you versus everybody else. I'm sure there's a distinct difference. So, you know, obviously, all these things and all these fads and whatever else people are doing. 
they can't get you from one place to another. But then after that, it's a total shit show. And I often say this on our initial coaching calls, like my job as a coach is to educate the client to the point that they don't need me, which is a ridiculously terrible business model, but it's just, it's what you'd need is the education. It's not just the, all right, I'm going to stick to this diet because I'm going to lose this amount of weight. And this person told me that it would work. It's like, right. Okay. Well, and I, I brought it up in the call last night, you know, understanding what you need to do to manage social events, what you need to do to manage weekends away, like how you can actually create this as a way of life how you can actually manage everything that goes on in life and still make progress no matter what your goal is and i think that that the education behind that and me giving out the tools or a coach giving out the tools is is exactly what needs to happen and while there's infinite amounts of information on the internet which is the best and the worst thing about it it doesn't give you the actual why or the education it's you know people will go i'm doing keto because you know my sister's partner's husband's cat recommended it so i thought i would give it a go because i want to lose 30 pounds because i'm going to a wedding in three weeks and you're like no listen grow up just fucking man- manage your calories properly yep and and and, and that's the thing i never saw keto too is like you know i'm like i was on keto for i think six months and you know i, I never still, still like, can't get over the, the way the fact you were a vegetarian like i'm still not yeah, over that. seven years man vegetarian <laughs> for seven years right um but the thing was, uh, you know, with the keto thing is like, I never understood why it was working, you know, that, Hey, if you're going no carb, heavy fat, heavy, heavy protein, you're going to fill up faster, thus probably having less calories that you're eating per the day, but it gets nothing into calorie restrictions on anything. So it's like, you know, I still wasn't having the desired results. I had some, some weight loss successes, but at the end of the day, you know, I wasn't counting calories and thus I started actually gaining weight on keto. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, and I would say it'd be quite easy to eat a lot of calories. Oh, yeah. on keto. You can yeah. eat a lot of. It, well, you know, you look at, at the the concentration per gram of fat uh, equating to calories. You know, you can easily jack in a ton of calories by you know having heavy fat content, right? Uh, with small a, amounts of a food, burger and cheese for your breakfast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're probably looking at six hundred calories right there, right? And then you yeah. you have something else throughout the day. You keep going. It's just you know, it, it, it's 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 cyclical on that side. So again, not having an understanding of that, I think, is is the biggest issue, right? And that's obviously what we're preaching here is that you know understand why your body does what it does, what thermogenics are, understand what your total daily energy expenditure is from a calorie perspective. Put yourself in a calorie deficit, and then from there start to lose the weight or obviously surplus if you want to gain weight. So um, and understand that yeah. for yourself, like yeah. The greatest gift that I can give anybody is the understanding for them. And I've said this, I don't know how many times over the past week on onboarding new clients and talking to new people, like you need to work it out for you. I know it for me. I now know it for you. And I now know it for the rest of the guys in, in guards in the, in the client group. But working it out for yourself is the best thing that you can do for yourself because it's not the same for you. It's not the same for me. I know exactly what I need to do for the next four weeks to make sure I'm in the best position to be stronger than you whenever we're lifting together. But it's only because, you know, I've had seven or eight years of experience of experimenting with what works well and what doesn't work well for my body. And, you know, again, going back to the stuff that you can read online, something you may read online might be absolutely bang on for you, but it might not be bang on for me. So it's it's about understanding what works best for you, experiment with different things, tracking the data as well so that you understand, okay, well, I, I did this and this happened, so that's good. Or I did this and this happened and that's bad. And do more of the stuff that's good and less of the stuff that's bad. And then really refine what you need to do for yourself. 
Yeah, yeah, those are all the important things to, to do. Just I mean, don't have shakes for your food throughout the day. Yeah. Please eat real food. Oh, I saw that. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that sounds so miserable. Like, I, I started getting angry and agitated and upset and went hungry. into starvation mode just by <laughs> hungry, just by just by looking at that Facebook message. I'm like, don't do this, please, don't do this, please, don't do this. Um, but uh, no, listen. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, again, we we a lot of good information in these previous podcasts. If you're just tuning into us, um, you know, check out the nutrition one. You know, things to that effect. Those are all going to be important ones for you to take a look at. But um, so <clears throat> moving on to the main topic, which is rep ranges, and and the reason why I wanted to bring this one up today was that I started watching this TV show Reacher, which is based off of the Jack Reacher books. Uh, I think Tom Cruise played Jack Reacher as well. And uh, <laughs> can we just point out that? Tom Cruise and the guy that you sent me are not similar in any way. <laughs> they are not similar at all, at all. They're, they have very different perspectives on fitness, right? Uh, and so the guy that plays uh, Reacher, his name is Allard Richin, uh, Richinson. Rich, Richson. Richin. Richson. Got it. Anyways, um, he's a badass. At least in the, in the TV show, he's a badass. And, you know, what I liked about uh, Alan, uh, and, and this is, you know, something that you when you start getting into you know, what are your goals? You know, comparing yourself to somebody else is never a good thing, right? Um, but having goals for yourself and what you think you can obtain is always something that is good for yourself because you're continuously progressing yourself forward. And so, you know, I looked at, at Alan's body type and Alan happens to be 6'2", I'm 6'4". And, you know, he's got a very, a very similar frame to me. Uh, and I like his body type a lot, uh, which is, you know, he's jacked as hell he's got huge freaking arms you know he's got a six-pack his chest looks well defined and so you know i was actually curious on what alan's uh workout routine was obviously probably steroids are in the mix there but um you know alan's uh uh workout routine i was curious on to see you know what he looked like um or what, what his routine was and i was actually really surprised uh by his workout routine and, you know, to me, I figured, well, I'm sure he's, he's lifting heavy, you know, several days a week. I'm sure he's doing this. I'm sure he's probably not doing a whole lot of cardio. Um, so what does his workout routine actually look like? And I was blown away by it because he doesn't actually focus at all on heavy lifting at all. His, his whole concept is volume, 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 everything volume, high sets, high reps, lower weights. And he tracks all the volume day in and day out, which is exactly what I do, by the way, thank God. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm always trying so to get on the right volume. path. I think we're doing things right here, right? I'm just um, looking at pictures of him with his top off, so you can carry on. <laughs> this is why we do things, right? So other guys look <laughs> at us and check us out. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it, but his workout routines are, 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 you know, high reps, high sets, supersets uh, that focus on muscle exhaustion and, and muscle hypertrophy. And it makes sense. You know, you look at um, a lot of the data behind, you know, power lifters versus bodybuilders versus power builders. Or, no, sorry. Power building. What was it? What's the. So you got power, power lifters. Was the, yeah, power yeah, building. Power yeah, building. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Power building. So it's kind of like half between strength and, and bodybuilding. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of different variations of, of uh creating muscle and how you look and strength versus, you know, uh, muscle size. And so there's a lot of, a lot of good data behind this, but, but typically the lower rep ranges, you know, anywhere between, you know, three uh, reps to eight reps is typically what people would consider the, the strength side of the house. So, you know, if you're doing 
really big compound movements, you know, like, uh, you know, a deadlift, uh, squats, um, you know, bench press, you know, big compound movements that are going to hit big muscle groups. Um, if you want to go up in strength, you know, you, you typically go very heavy and you stay within that rep range of three to eight. Now, if you're going above that, let's just say you're going to nine or 10 or 11 or 12, then it's time to increase the weight so that you go down to that three to eight rep range. Um, but then there's, there's the muscle hypertrophy aspect of things, which is physically exhausting the muscle with, uh, too much volume. And, and that's really the, the, the sweet spot, you know, in, in many cases. And that's why when you look at power building, it's kind of interesting concept. This is where I, i I fit mostly into, which is I still do very heavy compound movements, you know, in the, you know, three to eight rep ranges, but then I follow the rest of my exercises in the higher rep ranges in order for muscle exhaustion and, and muscle fatigue. And so, you know, for me, it's, it's really getting into, Hey, you know, can I increase my strength? I want to be strong, but I also want to have really big muscles as well. And you can do both by far, you know? So, you know, what, what Alan's concept was is he's focusing on, you know, longevity and health. And he actually does a lot of cardio. And the reason why he says he does a lot of cardio is because he eats like total crap. Uh, so he's like, <laughs> he's like, I just like sushi too much. So I, 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 nice. I, I do cardio all the time. I can relate right? to that. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, uh, so, I mean, I did go down a bit of a rabbit hole, Google him there. Um, so he said, he's, you said he's six foot two. And when he was filming Reacher, he was 235 pounds. So, I mean, at least I know what I need to do to get there because I'm six foot two. That's awesome. You'll be, happy to, you'll be happy to know. So I know how much weight I need I'm glad to you, I'm glad you're not. I'm glad, I'm glad you're not small, Ben. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> a cardboard pen. Um But yeah, I think, you know, obviously whenever you sent me that, and obviously um, you weren't the first person to actually send me him or mention him to me, um, but, you know, an incredible physique and definitely a, a better representation of Reacher than Tom Cruise. I mean, Tom Cruise is not the same guy. No. Um, no. I think I maybe actually will need to watch the worth watching the series yeah yeah dude it was it was actually a really great uh episode or a really great series i really enjoyed it you know and and you know, he played a you know the big strong muscular military type you know that walked in and beat everybody's asses all the time and you know like i mean you know that's just a you know obviously cool in itself but the the storyline was great you know the character building was great um you know all that good stuff so cool so the goal is alan richen can we get him on the podcast I mean, we could try. That'd be awesome. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Uh, so I was reading uh, a little thing from Men's Health on him. They did a little blurb on Men's Health. And I just want to read this out really quick because it's, you know, to me, it's it's very similar to the rep ranges that I focus on and that I started incorporating more into my training programs. Uh, just this week, I started incorporating 20 to 30 rep range ones. And I actually just finished uh, one today. So today's my upper uh, day. And my normal upper day you know, is, is chat, you know, I, so I try to get a full body kind of upper body workout. So I do push, pull legs. So push is going to be, you know, chest and, and triceps and shoulders. My pull is going to be, you know, biceps and back and, and uh, typically traps. And then, uh, uh, Wednesday is legs, um, typically, you know, squats and deadlifts and things to that effect. And then Thursday is my upper and I work pretty much everything. So I do shoulders, biceps, triceps, back and chest. And, uh, today I incorporated uh, um, uh, essentially a burnout phase, which was uh, four sets of 20 to 30 rep range um, uh, bicep curls and skull crushers. 
And, um, you know, so these are much lower weights. So I think, you know, my normal skull crushers, I'm in the, you know, 120, you know, it's a 130 range, you know, for skull crushers. Uh, I was down to, I think, 80 pounds. And then I went down to 60 pounds. And that would got me into the 20 to the 30, you know, rep range. Same thing for bicep curls. When I'm using the tonal, uh, I'm usually around the 35 pound per arm mark. And I was down to, I think, you know, 10 pounds per arm uh, to get to the 30 to uh, 20 to 30 rep range. And I'll tell you, um, my muscles were exhausted. Like, I mean, they hurt. They were fatigued. Like, I remember I'm going up. I'm like, I'm like, ah, you know, and I probably get up there. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, dripping in sweat. Everything was great. So it was it was actually a, a really challenging uh, workout to get to that muscle fatigue piece of it, um, you know, with, with those. Because normally I'm doing, you know, I'll do three. You know, I'll still do four sets of, like, AMRAP and things like that. But this was really, really a different type of experience. Yeah, and I know. Obviously, you touched on that in your in your check in video, um, and I know that you haven't got through your feedback yet. But one thing I did sort of say in that is, number one, I think we should go back and look through your plan and change a couple of the rep ranges based on that. But instead of just going for like four, three or four sets of like twenty five or twenty to thirty reps, the way that I sort of programmed it would be, or the way that I said that we should program it would be, look at the sort of regular rep ranges that you're doing now and then incorporate like a drop set. So you would go, you know, your normal say ten to fifteen or eight to twelve or whatever it is, and then drop the weight by like thirty percent and then go to absolute failure and then drop the weight by thirty percent again and go to absolute failure. Or just do one where you go drop the weight by 50% and go to failure on that. So you're still getting that sort of being able to push it that little bit further in terms of like the amount of reps, it's a lower yeah. weight. Um, but my my main concern that I brought up in the in your check-in feedback was your joints. And obviously we spoke before about blood flow restriction and how that would allow you to do lower weight, which is less um, pressure through your joints. So while I understand it and I get it and the higher rep rates I'm all about, we just need to sort of manage it as best we can from a recovery perspective that we're not going to fuck other things up along the way. Yeah, that's a good idea. Good idea. Well, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this uh, article really quick for men's health because it kind of gives a perspective of Ellen's uh, uh, workout, which is uh, rich impact on muscle for the role, eventually gaining about 30 pounds. While he described that bulking experience as a full-time job, he now tends to be more balanced in his approach to fitness. He said, I learned a lot in the process about longevity and working out in a way that prevents injury but achieves goals. Um, I think for most of us, muscle growth has been my goal. My goal is actually volume. Uh, it's not about punishing ourselves in the gym or taking ourselves to the point of literally destroying our bodies. It's about consistent, vigorous activities for short, healthy amounts of time. To grow those jacked reacher arms, uh, Rich, Richin used high-volume supersets to light up his biceps and triceps, starting with cable tricep press downs, supersetted with overhead extensions for 15 to 25 reps, still using the rope, but from the bottom this time, Richardson then performed a hammer curl for four sets of 25, or as close to 25 as he can get to failure. He follows up with uh, dumbbell hammer uh, hammer presses, uh, skull crushers, 15 to 25 range, and then picked up the easy curl to do 21 curls. Um, this is where you perform seven reps at the bottom end of the curl in the middle, uh, in the middle and the seven and then the upper end of the movement and then seven in the full range of motion with the supersets and cable dumbbells and barbells we're confusing the muscles as much as possible um so again you know kind of an interesting uh piece there where when he's focusing on on his different areas it's it's again higher rep ranges um you know trying to pump those up and everything so yeah and i think that you know that's a good way to look at it from like we're talking about longevity that you know if we're just looking at adding volume and not looking at you know totally annihilating the muscle and you can still increase volume with higher reps yes it's a lower weight and the volume will be different but it's not like you know whenever we were doing you know 
sets of three where you're really putting your body under a massive strain from like pulling a big weight or pushing a big weight or whatever it is like you can still do that addition of volume through higher reps and lower weight one thing i want to mention about um just what you're talking because he's talking about biceps and triceps and this is something that whenever helmy and i were filming the um helmy's a big boy yeah i know the uh, big boy (laughs) (laughs) whenever um Whenever we were filming the exercise execution library, one thing that we sort of that kept coming across is having an understanding of the natural path of motion of the muscle. And I touched on this last night in a bit about the call. So for anybody who's not watching, I'm going to be moving my hands. So apologies on that, but I'll try and describe it as best possible. So let's talk about bicep curls. So if you imagine you're, you're standing, arms down by your side, to try and get what way you need to move in a bicep curl, you should just do a regular, like, rep with no weight so just bring your arms up and find what the natural path is so you'll you'll be able to see here that mine are coming up at a slight angle so that is how i should do a bicep curl because that's how my biceps move so i don't want to be going against it or any other way other around it from a like a different angle because it's not going to be true to me getting a proper contraction same with triceps same with any other any other muscle so if anybody struggles to grow a specific muscle or you know add muscle in a specific area make sure you're moving the muscle in the right way and you can get a proper contraction with it and actually spend time doing that movement and actually doing scott's feedback he said that he's he spent a lot more time recently in his um warm-up sets and he's learned a lot about how he needs to move and the things that he needs to do and he mentioned last night about how he found if he slightly pointed out his toes that he got a lot more activation through his glutes and his deadlifts and his rdls and it's just through time and actually spend the time to do that like you know an rdl in in itself as a movement it has the principles but obviously everybody's going to move in it slightly differently because we're all built yeah. differently mechanically and it just again comes down to actually working that out for yourself but my point is spend some time actually working out how your joints and how your body works to then get the proper contraction through the right muscles to then actually be able to progress and lift through that yeah one of the points that you hit on uh initially was the longevity aspects of things right and i think that's um you know, again, what are your goals? Are your goals to be able to do a, well, absolutely. (laughs) But there's your goals to be able to be big as hell and be able to, you know, deadlift 800 pounds or, you know, is it longevity of your body? You know, I think, you know, for me, what I, I, and I've said this before in previous podcasts, but I think for me, you know, I always have this internal struggle of wanting to be super strong and also very big. And I also have to recognize that I'm 39 years old um, and that, you know, lift that you know deadlifting 800 pounds probably is in the best interest of my longevity of you know being able to do you know certain things right so you know i think the approach that you know alan's done as well as you know what we've been going through on 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 kind of you know understanding total volume is extremely important because that's that's longevity of your body right you're you're growing your muscles from a muscle hypertrophy perspective you're balancing strength so you're still continuously lifting in a three to eight rep range but you're not you know going to one rep maxes and things of that effect um you know for the big compound movements but the rest of it are supplemental to help build those muscles out and i think it's a really good balance between the two um to allow yourself to grow to still continue to be strong uh and then to also you know continuously progress forward with additional volume additional strength etc cetera, etc cetera. i noticed um you know just today is a good example you know it, it's a slow progression right so i did bench press and i got one more rep that i did last week great awesome that's a that's a fucking huge win you know like i'm i'm, I'm stronger than i was last week great um 
So, you know, you, you have to look at that progress and say, okay, now I'm at the seven rep range. You know, I'm getting close to that eight, nine, 10, you know, rep range. Eventually I'll have to increase the weight again, you know, and I continue to add more volume and do, you know, so it's that, that continual progression trying to move forward, but not destroy yourself. Hey, I'm not doing a 400 pound, you know, barbell bench press for one rep max to see how far I can take it. You know, I really want to keep pushing my body but not in a way that hurts it in any way, shape, or form. I want to continuously adjust it based on the programs that I'm doing, continue to confuse the muscle, continue to burn out the muscle, continue to try different exercises and movements so you don't get used to one or the other. There are other ways to hit the muscle. Um, you know, those are all things that that can continuously help you progress in these these you know components, especially around resistance training. Yeah, I think if we if we change our goal slightly, well, I guess the terminology, it should be to be as big as possible for as long as possible. Because yes, yes, we could probably get big very quickly, but I don't know if we could maintain it for a lengthy period of time. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a, it's a funny, I guess your logbook and progression that way is a funny thing to be invested in. And it's, it's part of the reason why I love training so much because yeah, okay, you maybe are only getting one additional rep in a specific exercise per week, or you are only adding, you know, a couple of pounds on the bar, whatever it is. But as I've sort of said before, I don't know if it, I think it was on the, on the call, maybe, you know, at the start, you'll, you'll progress quite quickly. You'll add a lot of yeah. reps because your body yeah. will be able to adapt quite quickly to the program and whatever. But whenever you come into sort of the tail end of, of your program, um, you really grind for those extra reps. And to me, those ones are, are much more worthwhile. And, you know, you're literally doing things that your body has never done before. So you literally yeah. have to grind out and get every single rep. You have to be prepared to fail as we spoke about last week. You know, it, it's part of the process and it's something that you have to sort of embrace. And, you know, whenever you hit the upper rep range and then you're up in the weight that you're doing, you're potentially lifting or moving a weight that, that you never have before. And it's your body, you know, needs time to sort of feel what that's like, whether you're pressing it, pulling it, lifting it, you know, whatever way you're doing it, it, it needs time to actually go, all right, okay, this is what this feels like. And you maybe pick it up the first time and it maybe is only five or 10 pounds heavier than what you did before. And we spoke about this a couple of times in deadlifts. Like, you know, if you're at your max, like most you've ever lifted in a deadlift or an RDL and you add five pounds to it, it's as if you've had 500 pounds because it just becomes yeah. a completely immovable object. But then it's just taking your body, you know, a while to get used to actually right, this is what the new weight that is that we're going to move. And then we continue to progress from that. And I actually saw a tweet that, that Daniel did last night of, you know, his his previous PR. He does that on a regular basis for high reps now. And that, that's just the way that it is. That's how yeah. you, you know, you rinse and repeat it. And I actually find, it's not here in front of me, one of my old um, training diaries, probably from about five years ago, um, which was an interesting an interesting throwback um but it's good to have those and sort of again be able another way to recognize how far you've come in certain things yeah it's it's crazy like uh so i was looking at my my uh, spreadsheet so i have a spreadsheet that i track all my my volume you know my reps my ranges and everything else and uh you know i looked at at uh, just this week so um this week you know when i started this program it's week 14 and uh you know i look at last week at the same time and my rack pulls were you know, I did 345, 375 as warm-ups, and then I did 425 for seven reps, and then I did 425 for four reps, okay? This week, I did 425 for 10 reps and 445 for five reps. So, you know, like, I, I, I exponentially increased, you know, my volume. Now, at the same time, you know, I, I you know, we, we I talked about this in, in check in is that my back is is extremely exhausted. Uh, it is tired. It's like, listen, dude, stop. Like, it's not it's not hurt. It's just the muscles are like seriously. I need some time to chill. 
because you just did some crazy shit, you know, that's that's messing me up. And so I was uh, I was doing legs. Uh, well, it all actually started when I was at Orange Theory. I was running on the treadmill. I noticed my back was starting to get pretty tight. And then I went to the, the weight room and I was doing deadlifts, uh, you know, with dumbbells. And I noticed it was super tight. And then I did uh, legs later on in the day. And then I noticed, you know, um, I got through, I think, my sixth set of squats. So I do two warm-ups, three heavy, and then two um, uh, extremely light ones, more in the 15 rep range. And I noticed that when I got to that last squat, I'm like, I'm done with my leg workout for today. Like, my back is just – there's there's nothing there. Like, my, my back has nothing left to give. And, uh, and so today, you know, my full body workout, I gave my back a break. I didn't, I did not focus on, I didn't do any back exercises, uh, today just to give myself a little bit of a break. And I obviously probably incorporated some back, you know, with some of them, you know, cause you're going to be using your back for anything that you do, but you know, I didn't put a, 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 a large strainer load on that in any way. So, you know, it's, it's again, recognizing your body, recognizing your progression and also understanding that, you know, as you start to increase tracking this data is really important. Um, you know, I, I, when I went through the, the nipper program, uh, you know, my body started to, to break down, you know, I don't remember that or not, but I mean, it was just like, you know, I was exhausted. My body was exhausted. My bones were exhausted. You know, like there's no reason to do that. You know, like, I mean, unless again, you're like 25 years old and you're recovering, you know, like crazy, you know, so for me, finding that balance between doing volume higher rep ranges and also still going heavy on the large compound movements has really been a really sweet spot for me. And again, I try to stay, I try to stay personally within the six to eight rep range. It's not too heavy and it's not too light. Right. And I'm still increasing the strength aspect of things. Um, and I'm not going overboard with trying to do like a one rep max where I'm just exhausting everything, except if I'm trying to beat Ben on like a rack pull or something. But other than that, like I, I literally, <laughs> I, I can't. It's the, the 555 is an immovable object for me, uh, at least right, at least right now. But, I have a um, strong posterior to you, and you're not going to beat up. <laughs> I, I I was like, you know, I went in there pretty damn cocky and confident that I was going to do that, and because uh, like I was like 505 wasn't too bad. It was hard, but it wasn't too bad. And the difference, but you know, with 50 pounds, it literally was 7,000 pounds difference. You know, like there was no moving that object at all. So. Well, we'll see. Like you know, it won't be long. We'll be doing it side by side, or we'll be doing it back to back. And I would say that there will be, there will be like we will be both be ten percent stronger that day because there will be oh, that yeah. competitive nature oh, yeah. of we're beside each other. So I think we'll hit some PRs that day for sure. Yeah, you just you, you just gotta, <laughs> we'll be you just, broken. We'll be broken. After. I was about to say you you need to watch me because I will literally sacrifice my body, including broken limbs and you know everything to else, beat to beat you to beat you. Because <laughs> last time when I had my cousin come over, my cousin is is uh, he only lifts upper body, doesn't do any legs whatsoever, and so like we you know I started him off with legs day of course, and I, you know I, I destroyed him on everything. You know like everything. I was just like ripping through him. He's like you're an evil bastard. You know I'm never gonna lift with you again. And then we did arms, and he was super strong on arms because all he does is lift arms. You know, he's been lifting for fifteen years, so he, you know he's got these massive, you know, biceps. Or he's much stronger than me on the on the upper body side of the house. And um, you know, he's like, he's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna load, you know, three hundred on the bench. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good for me too. You know, I'm like, that's not a good idea. You know, this is you know a year ago. I'm like, you know, I'm like ha, 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 you know, but uh, and I end up end up tearing my shoulder. So. Um, but uh, so so watch me when we do those. So because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, I think that, you know, the the volume thing and the, the rep range thing, you know, there's obviously a lot of difference going on with that. And the way that, that my train is set up at the minute is I literally, well, I obviously do my warm-up sets. The way I do them is I basically just work up to whatever my working set is going to be. I'll do two or three reps on the way up, whether it's dumbbells, whether it's weight on the bar or whatever that needs to look like. Then I'll get to my working set. The rep range for me and my working set is six to ten. If I feel like I can do more than 10, then I'll push it and then I'll know how to adjust my, what would be my back offset after that. Um, so I'll do one set, one working set of six to 10, and then I'll do my back offset, which will generally be, you know, I guess 20% or thereabouts less weight. And then I'll try to aim for like 10 to 15. Um, and that's yep. just, the, you know, I don't really go outside of that. That's pretty much with the, with the way that my training set up at the minute. It means that I can really push things in terms of, you know, hitting all time PRs from the working set perspective. And I am doing that at the minute. Like I'm, I'm lifting weights that I never have. I'm going to say with ease, with much more ease, I guess, than before. Um, and then I'm able to do my back offset, which gives me the, the more volume and the, the higher rep range for, for muscle fatigue. And that's the, that's the way my training set up at the minute. And I only do it four sessions a week. Um, yeah. push, pull, legs, arms. That's it. It's awesome. And our arms day is awesome. That's my favorite day. Yes. Well, of course, push, of push, push, pushes first, then arms. Yeah. 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 It's actually funny because, you know, there used to be this bit of controversy of like, oh, you can't just go in and do arms day, like whatever. But then, you know, it was whenever Calm coached me and he was like, well, if arms is a weak body part, then why would you not specifically go in and do a day for it? Because the way that I always would have, have tied in arms would have been at the end of my lower body sessions because yeah. I would have found that just personally that. If I did it at the end of upper body, my shoulders were generally fatigued, so I couldn't get enough from it. But if you imagine you're doing it at the end of your session, nine times out of 10, you're going to be pretty fatigued overall at the end of your session. So trying to do what then is your your weaker muscle group doesn't really make any sense. So it having its own day, like since I've started doing that with Helmy, massive, I've seen massive increases in terms of what I've been able to do. Yeah. And I mean, as we know, Helmy's a big boy, and I'm I'm going to say I'm not too far off some of the weights that he's doing. So, you know, yeah. obviously it works. And I guess oh, yeah. you know, that that for me is, because this is a new stimulus for me, it, I'm quicker to catch up to where he is, if that makes sense. And then he's obviously yeah. grinding out for the reps. I'm not yeah. in any way as strong as he is, but I'm definitely, you know, on that, that direction. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, hey, I think that's a wrap. Yeah. That was a good episode, man. I like it. It was yeah. good. I mean, I still don't know what I'm going to title it, but... <laughs> <laughs> rep ranges steps oh my and catch up with catch up with ben and dave that's right that's right it's always a catch up with ben and dave. but no hey listen yeah. i appreciate everybody listening today uh you know uh, us go back and forth uh, hopefully you enjoyed the podcast last week at least we got a lot of great feedback with that we're going to continue to um bring in you know pineapple, guests, on folks. Pizza. <laughs> pineapple and pizza italian special um but you know we're gonna continue to bring folks in that you know that are inspirational um that have you know done crazy things or you know have have completely transformed their lives you know in a positive way to you know add different perspectives than just the two of us talking all the time get some experts in here so um you know, really appreciate you listening and uh you know as always follow us on you know twitter uh we hack health uh and then you have you know hacking your health discord um you know all over the place but uh, appreciate everybody tuning in and share with your friends family and, and everything else yeah catch you next week See you next week.